Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and the author of The Anxiety Solution and the new book, Brave New Girl, Seven Steps to Confidence. So this week I'm talking to the amazing Grace Victory, who is an award-winning content creator. She's also a trainee counsellor. She is a TEDx speaker and she's been awarded the Most Inspiring Role Model Award for InStyle Magazine's Project 13. She's presented multiple TV shows, including Clean Eating's Dirty Secrets, one of the most watched documentaries on BBC Three. And in this inspiring conversation, we talk about high functioning anxiety, something that Grace experiences. She shares the story of coming from her own childhood abuse to finding her own path to healing and going on to train as a counsellor. And she discusses why healing should be holistic and also why we might have to actually feel our feelings in order to heal them. And we also talk about why we've lost our power and how we can start to regain it. I also want to invite you to come over to karmau.com forward slash confidence because on the 1st of July, I'm going to be leading a five-day confidence challenge. I'm going to lead you through simple yet powerful exercises to grow your confidence, calm your inner critic, create a new positive self-image and connect with other like-minded people so that we can all support each other and cheer each other on as we go on this journey together. So if you want to get involved in this free challenge, enter your email address at karmau.com forward slash confidence. So let's get into the episode with Grace. Yeah, so um, I started making YouTube videos in 2011. So I'm like an OG YouTuber, long time ago. Mm. Um, And I originally started because I was watching YouTube videos and couldn't really find anyone that looked like me and spoke like me Um, and was relatable in that sense. Um, There was mixed race uh, YouTubers, but they were American. And I think that there's quite a distinct difference, I think, between like British culture and American culture. Um, And then I didn't find anyone that was plus size um, or anyone that was a bit common, (laughs) basically. So I thought instead of waiting for someone to appear, I was just gonna start making my own videos because mm. maybe other people could relate to me um so that's what I started doing and my old videos are just oh my god awful have you kept them all up no there's a few <laughs> up and they are wow but back then you could just film on a really shitty webcam 
upload it and it would get loads of views it was so simple mm. um so i started doing like makeup videos fashion videos uh beauty and then it got to this point where i was getting so many questions and comments like oh you're so confident you're so inspiring like how have you got to this place and i was like i've always been confident but i wasn't as confident as i was coming across on camera um, I grew up at a performing arts school, so being on camera was second nature to me. But I had these deep, dark demons that I was suppressing, and I felt really awkward. People saying, "Oh, you're such a role model," and I was like, "You have no idea, like what actually goes through my brain and the unwell um, mechanisms that I'm using to cope." So I did this video called "The Pressure to Be Perfect" and outed myself basically, and was like, "I feel the pressure. I'm not okay. Here's what's going on." Um, at the time, it, I think it was a massive thing to do because no one was talking about mental health or body image issues or self-harm or um, issues with food. I look back, it was very surface level, but back then it was like a big, big thing and old me found that quite difficult to do. Um, and that's where I started seeing a rise in followers and engagement when people were like, okay, like this is so raw and vulnerable, we're into this. Um, and that's when I realised that the more you talk about your problems, the more other people talk about theirs. Um, and it just sort of went on that snowball effect with like the more followers I got, the more followers I got, if that makes mm. sense. Um, and it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, I started my blog, started Instagram, um, and I was doing all of that alongside working in a children's care home. So I was working 11 to 24 hour shifts with emotional um, and behavioural problems or children that had them um, and whilst they were asleep and I was on a night shift I would do my YouTube stuff so I never slept which I do not recommend oh my god and it just I just going on and on and on and I guess I um, took all the stuff I learned with like my own childhood and the kids in care and sort of bridge the gap I guess online we're talking about beauty and fashion, but also the real life stuff that's actually going on. I think working with children in care gave me an insight into what people were actually going through. Because fair enough, they are in care, but they're also normal kids and they go through um, all these different things and they want to talk about sex and boobs and periods. Um, and that's where the sort of change in my content came. Um, I went full time in 2015. I was making no money there, so I'm not sure why I did that. <laughs> but I just thought, it's January 2015. I want to just try and pursue this. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And I think that I was sort of raised with, like, having to take risks and chances because you don't really know, like, what's going to happen. Just kind of do it. Mm. So um, I quit my job, which was, like, really hard because I love working with the kids. But I just knew that my purpose was bigger than than like working with, I think I was working with like four to 10 kids at a time. Uh, but I just knew that that wasn't enough for me. Like I wanted to work with loads of people. Numbers don't matter, but I just knew that there was something out there for me. Um, so yeah, I quit my job. I took out a loan to get to pay the first month's rent on my flat. Moved to South London. And I was like, okay, so I've got zero, zero in my account. Let's see what I can get in this month. And then lucky for me, I just got loads of work and it went up and up and up and up. 
Um, and then I won a few awards, got a management company um, to look after me and did some TV work, got a book deal. And it just sort of grew and grew and grew. Um, and then obviously now I'm in a place where my content is like definitely changing again because I think I've changed so much. Um, YouTube was a was an outlet for me, like a creative outlet um, to, I think it was to escape. Whereas now what I do is to actually heal and process. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so how has your content changed? How would you describe your content now? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that growth with your career is always going to happen when you're growing personally. And I think your 20s, every year you're just a different person. And I think that when you're in therapy and you're in recovery, that just accelerates everything. So I would say my content is intentional. So everything I do is within, with, an, with an intention, sorry, um, and purposeful. Whereas before it was sort of like, what can I do to get some more money? Or what can I do that people want to see? It's more about like what I believe I'm meant to be doing now. Um, and I don't really do a lot of beauty content anymore. Um, I do a lot of outfits, but I don't really work with a lot of fashion brands. Um, a lot of my work is with, um, like, always on period poverty. Um, I do a lot of work with the BBC, going to schools. I go and talk at youth clubs. Um, I just work with, like, a generic brands, um, which I'm really proud of. Like, I was a full unique ambassador. Um, I was the face of a MAC campaign at the beginning of the year. Um, so I'm very lucky that I get to work with so many different brands. Um, and my content, I guess, has a focus on like um, being conscious of what's happening to your body and your brain. Um, and everything is, I try to be relatable, but also educational. Um, and yeah, trauma-based, I guess, as well. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what you've what you've created, and I love. I followed you on Twitter for ages, for years, um, and I love I love what you're posting about at the moment about a lot about healing and. Yeah. I noticed you wrote something about high functioning anxiety recently. Mm. Can you can you talk yeah. about that? Yeah. So high function anxiety isn't actually like a proper diagnosis, which I need to just put a disclaimer out there. However, it has been recognised by psychotherapists um, and doctors that there's some sort of there's some people that have anxiety but can function incredibly well on it and um, with the research that I've done into it on myself and like I google everything people always ask how do you know so much and I'm like google is your best <laughs> friend I google a lot and I read a lot mm. and there's when you've experienced um childhood trauma or um a situation that um you perceive to be traumatic i think you go two ways so you either shut down and withdraw or you work incredibly hard not to really feel what's going on for me i as a child i had a talent and that was performing that was singing and dancing so no matter what stuff was going on at home and no matter how badly I viewed myself, I always knew I was talented. Um, and the focus on me as a child was either on my weight or what I could achieve. So you can see now, growing up, 
that I'm quite successful, but I've obviously had body image issues. So my career for me was always something that I knew I had. So as a kid, I focus a lot on like getting out, getting out of my family home, getting out of my hometown, getting out of whatever difficulties I was facing. And the foundation of me, of me was my trauma and it was the fight or flight response mode. Um, and it was um, throwing everything I had into my work and being very highly organized and uh, structured and high functioning anxiety is all of that but then underneath it's that fear of being seen it's that fear of failure it's not really relaxing trying to relax but then your mind is in overdrive um and i was like i definitely have anxiety but it manifests in different ways um and i don't realize that i'm functioning at that state unless i go into that whole and actually feel it um but i think it's like a common thing people just don't connect to what it is like i don't really um i don't worry about going to um events i don't wake up and i'm like shaking with anxiety it's more like right get up out of bed grace you've got this to do this to do this to do like it's time to go on with it and that constant state of like running um and believing like if you stop the world's gonna end that's the kind of anxiety that i've experienced and it comes in waves yeah so there's some days where i'm absolutely fine i'm really chill um and there's other days where i just cry and i've noticed that it's when i have a lot of work on and i think it's really hard to find a balance because you'll say yes to a normal amount of work but then suddenly you, they, you agree to them and then they all come in at once all the deadlines on the same day and you're like freaking out and that's what happens to me a lot mm. and i've noticed that that's when i usually go up into my anxiety or when i'm during my period yes well that's a whole other topic that people Absolutely. are only just starting to talk about in the last few years that actually your cycle affects you know, everything affects everything can really affect your mental health yeah um but i think it's such an interesting topic this thing of high functioning anxiety because you know anxiety is not just the shy person mm -hmm. who's kind of too too afraid to leave the house yeah it's also the really successful person that's doing loads of things mm -hmm. you know might appear really confident on the outside but underneath it maybe that success is driven by fear or driven by not being yeah. good enough or there's trauma i mean yeah i actually think we're all traumatized mm -hmm. to some extent you know whether it's big traumas or littler traumas yeah and um i think there's almost like an epidemic of this high functioning anxiety it's yeah so, and so it's common. just like really um i think it's under research and under recognized and i don't want to be like that controversial person that's like the western world but i do think the way we in the west view medicine and the way that, that certain doctors manage mental health i just think is really backwards um and I, yeah, I try and, again, not be controversial, but I do believe in, like, holistic healing. And when you're working on healing, to, like, want to heal all of you, not just specific parts. Um, yeah. What, what's, what's your experience of holistic healing, then? Okay. What sort of things have you done? I'm so fascinated. <laughs> so, 
I've had, okay, so when I first realised that I had some issues, I was about 16, 17, um, and I was offered counselling on the NHS, and it was just a bit horrific, if I'm honest, and... The counselling itself, the or just that time itself, in life? I was told, basically, that my all my issues were um, daddy issues and that I probably and like I should work on myself and like lose weight to fix my issues so being told that at 17 is not appropriate um and that's when I started going to Weight Watchers and then Slimming World and when my eating disorder just went like through the roof um so that was my first experience now my second experience was um CBT and the one the the counsellor was re-traumatizing me in every session so I was just fucked fucked and that was actually that caused a breakdown in my relationship with my past boyfriend uh, my ex um because I was just an absolute mess um and I was like these this 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 kind of counseling is not working for me it was so in my terms aggressive um and at the time, I didn't know that you that you needed to research counsellors and find out how they work. I didn't know any of this. Um, so I quit that and was just sort of trying to stabilise myself. Um, and then I met um, a woman called Emmy while shooting a documentary. Um, and she was a psychotherapist for the show, um, which was about food and eating disorders. And after the show, she was like, come and see me because you may have issues with food not really know my history um and then I saw her and she diagnosed me with an eating disorder and PTSD and I started seeing her every week for a year and a half um and Emmy's um she has the recover clinic which is based in uh central London and it's all about spiritual and holistic uh wellness and recovery so it's all about treating all of you and not just one part of you and going to the core of your pain and then sort of crawling back out um and it's all i think it's a bit of like life coaching with psychotherapy psychodynamic therapy and all these different aspects and i think that when you're healing one thing isn't going to fix you one thing isn't going to heal you it's like 10 different things so i had emmy with the whole life coaching and the psychotherapy and then I learned about self-care. So I had um, like sister circles that I was going to. And then I got into crystals and essential oils and, and things like that. So when people ask about like how I healed, I'm like, it was literally, I just tur- turned my whole life around. It was with music. So I was going to like sound baths and like, I did everything. It was in nature, reading. Um, it had changed my whole life. It wasn't just one core thing. And that's what holistic healing is to me. Um, and it's plant-based medicine as well. So I started looking into like, what can I make in a tea that's going to help my wound today? Um, so I was researching different herbs and things like that. What, what, what can help the wound? <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> so um, raspberry root leaf. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is really good. Um, mugwort is really good. Um, and in terms of like baths, um, calendula oil is really good for your nervous system. Um, lavender oil, uh, bergamot is good for depression. I basically went on this massive journey. I'm still on it. Massive mm. journey to like 
find what was going to work for me because what I was recommended at my doctor's um, and I guess the Western way mm. just did not work for me. Um, and my soul was like yearning for more. And then, yeah, I kind of found what does work. And everyone's different. Some people really, really in, like recommend taking medication. Some people love CBT. Some people um, like talking therapies and stuff. But I just think it's about what works for you. Um, and I was just able to yeah find what worked for me. I think that's a really good point that it is different for everyone. And I think from the people that I speak to, they maybe try one thing, mm. doesn't work, and then they kind of give, must up. give up and think, oh, no, no one can help me. Yeah. But my, my journey was maybe similar to yours in that I just did loads of things. Yeah. I had a lot of different types of therapy, went on retreats, smothered myself in oils and mm -hmm. all that sorts of things. And I think sometimes we do have to make it like, I, I talk about making it your priority, make like taking care of yourself yeah. a priority i think i dedicated my life to getting well mm. and i think because my therapist emmy said to me she was like you're like a sponge everything i say to you you absorb it slowly but surely and then it just sticks to you um and i think yeah i was i think it's a privilege though to get well and um i was really lucky to be able to dedicate my my life to to getting better um but it's a journey because now i'm back in therapy for other things um, uh, my therapist is a man which is just wild um, and you know you just keep going and I think that a lot of people get overwhelmed with a healing and the work that they need to do but I think that that's the whole reason that we're here on earth is to like heal but also have a lot of fun um, and that's the whole point isn't it the whole point is that being able to master who you are and being present and stuff like that mm. meditation's also incredible like I know it's a massive difference like I I just, I don't know what it, have you watched the documentary Heal? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's like a really good introductory to people that don't get it. Mm. Um, I think I only watched it like three days ago. Um, so like for me, I, again, just Google everything. And I just think there's always a reason for whatever issues you're going through or any like dis-ease you feel in your body. Um, I, I've been getting really bad headaches um, the last few weeks and I was like I'm gonna google meditation for headache and see what comes up and there's a whole thing there's a whole frequency to help with headaches so like just things like that like I'm just very um in tune and open to whatever the universe has to offer me mm. um and it's yeah it's a journey things take time yeah, it definitely is. And I think sometimes you think, oh, I've made a big breakthrough in my mental health. And then there's like another level or something else is coming yeah. up to be healed and we to be like worked onions. on. So yes. like one layer. So when I first saw Emmy and was healing my eating disorder, that was the outer layer of the onion. Mm -hmm. And then we went in a little bit. And now with Alesh, like we're going to the centre of the onion. Mm -hmm. And it's so painful, but... Um, I think when you have a good therapist, they manage your crap and your shit in their session and then you're able to leave and enjoy life and then come back to it. Like that's the safe way to do it. I think sometimes we 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 try and be vulnerable and then we're vulnerable a hundred percent of the time and then we're drained and then we're tired and we're very triggered all the time. Whereas everything is about dipping your toes in and going a bit deeper than coming back out. And that's just the way that us as humans have to operate otherwise you know it leads to breakdowns mm, mm. and they're no fun 
<laughs> definitely not definitely not and do you think it's about so when you say you're kind of dipping into the pain is it about like feeling the pain mm. or how, what's what sort of processes have you been through <clears throat> definitely feeling it what i've learned is that what you think is going to be painful is never as painful as what you think it's going to be when you actually do it you're like oh it wasn't that bad but then sometimes it's even worse and you're like well that was absolutely shit um and i think that it's just being brave actually and um knowing that nothing can actually break you and it's it's that having that self-belief um and recognizing that everything in life is always a perception even our memories are perception um and that trauma creates really false perceptions and false realities um and feeling safe enough to do that like you have to like i think i've only started really going to the core of my pain with my therapist and i've been seeing him for a year i haven't felt that safe for a year but i show up every session because it's part of my self-care um and I think it's about feeling the things you don't want to feel. Mm. Um, but it's scary. It's very scary. And when you've built up these walls and you've locked that pain in that box for so long, you throw away the key. Finding the key is enough. That is hard enough. Yeah. Um, and then you have to put it in and then you've got to turn it and then you've got to open the lid. And it just takes time. But one day you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh my God, I've actually done it. Like in my last therapy session, I actually opened the key. And it's not, it's about not putting a time limit on your healing as well, which is an issue that I think I have with a lot of, um, a lot of the stuff that they recommend on the NHS because it's like six weeks. It's like, that isn't, six weeks is is not even enough to feel safe with someone. Mm. It's not. Um, and I think sometimes when that's the only option people have and it's diabolical, uh, I think that six weeks are good for interventions and to just be able to manage the shit that's going on. But if you really want to process, it's years. It's actually years. And it's also sometimes takes years to find someone that you want to work with. Mm, um, mm. But I think that's the beauty of it. I think you also have to be very ready and willing. You have to have a certain amount of self-worth as well, I think, to want to get well. Because searching for therapists is is hard yeah and you have to have some sort of motivation to even do that um but yeah i don't really have the answers to be honest i just think it's about an individual process people work really differently but i do think that um holistically is the option that i recommend people because it tends to be the one that heals mind body and soul not Mm, just one of them definitely definitely lot of different approaches yeah I um I work as a hypnotherapist and a a lot of what I do is is sort of taking people back to things in childhood Mm -hmm. and getting to the root of where things come from and people are often scared about that process but but once you do it and you and kind of release something around something that's happened or change your perspective it can change so many things in Mm -hmm. your life and it is like you know yeah turning a key and just kind of looking inside and getting rid of some of the rubbish yeah but I think what you say is that it does take courage to yeah. to go there. And I know a lot of people are scared about what they're going to find. And they mm. just don't want to even think about it or talk about it. And there can be a lot of resistance to getting help yeah. for that. A lot of defensiveness around even looking at that. 
So it's yeah. recovered memories, isn't it? Mm. It's the fear of what what am I gonna remember? Yeah. And which I didn't even think about until this year actually, when I started remembering things and I was like, What the fuck is that? And go to therapy, like I'm having dreams, I'm remembering all these things that have happened to me, all things that I've witnessed, and I'm not okay with this. Mm. Um because it makes you like full of fear, anxiety, you go back to being a child. And I think that's why it's really important to have a therapist that can manage you so that you can come back to yourself and ground. I think grounding techniques are really important. Even if you're not in therapy, being able to ground yourself and rebalance in the morning and, and at night really is really going to help. Because anxiety and being full of fear is like, I think shame as well are the, one of the worst feelings in the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How would you, how would you describe shame? Well... From a trained point of view, shame is obviously the emotion that allows people to recognise the um, repercussions and um, what's it called? responsibilities that are going to happen when you make decisions. However, shame internalised with fear is like you're going to die. I can't explain it. It's like you're drowning. Um, you don't want to be seen. You're embarrassed you can't step into your full power um you're in fight or flight mode and it could i feel like shame can destroy you and it's really interesting because shame is the root of my trauma Mm. that's literally it Mm. it's not depression it's not food it's nothing it's literally shame it's just one word and it's amazing i sometimes go into therapy and i'm like i don't want to be here today i'm pissed off he's like why and i say because all these things that have happened to me and all this shame is like it it could happen once and it takes you 10 years to heal and i said i'm pissed off about that um and yeah it's really hard i think with trauma it can happen 25 times it can happen one time and sometimes there's no difference in how much of the the cause and effect that that you're living with Mm. it doesn't really matter it's the same same thing with sexual assault i think so my training at the moment um, is on sexual abuse and working with child sexual abuse survivors. And um, it can happen once and it, or it can happen sustained over a period of time. But some of the research that comes out of, of looking at that and the, the damage it can cause or whatever is there's no difference. You can have one sexual assault you can have 50 of them mm, and it affects wow. your brain the exact same way yeah and i read something recently that it's something like um 13 of women have experienced a sexual assault mm. as children well i know well yeah see that's wild mm. and i know um i think every woman i know has had sexual trauma every single one um and yeah it's shit it's really the statistics are wild um but also they're quite inconclusive because not many people report yeah um and not many people remember either that's a thing you can go to therapy for issues and you can have like all the textbook symptoms of sexual trauma but absolutely have no idea that it happened to you Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so if people are, have experienced that or if they're worried about that definitely speak to someone mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, trying to take that holistic approach, it sounds like is... Yeah, and things take time. Like I always, I think people see where I've come from and where I am now and they forget the, the amount of time that that's taken me. And I think that try not to worry about how you're going to heal and what you need to do. But just take one step. So just telling one person is a start of healing. Um, so even just calling like victim support if it's sexual trauma or the Samaritans or mind or um, going to see your GP or inquiring with a therapist. Um, like just baby steps. Mm-hmm. And then one day you'll realise that, oh, I actually heal every day with like 10 different things and you just build up and build up and you incorporate different things and you just try things um and see what works like for some people it's like tarot and crystal healing for other people it's hypnotherapy um it's exercise you know everything everyone is different um and self-care is self-defined it's you know it's i can sit here and say holistic is the best but for some people it's not Mm. you know it's all about Mm. what works for your soul um and that's okay whatever it is yeah yeah amazing um you're training to be a counsellor I am so what made you make (laughs) that decision and how how is that going I think originally working at a children's care home I knew um my strength so I had the most disclosures from the children um and I was the youngest staff member so I was like, okay, so the children seem to want to talk to me more than anyone else. Why is that? And I think it was because of being relatable. Like, they saw me as, like, an older, big sister, had tattoos, spoke like them, um, like, dressed a bit like them, you know, quite street or whatever. Um, and also that I think I'm very approachable. Um, and I have a way of talking to people um, that's educational, but also they understand. Like, the words that I use, they, they understand. So I knew back then when I was 22, 23, that I had, um, I was good. I was good at helping people. Um, And we had therapy at the children's home. And I was like, I really like therapists and what they do. I'm really interested in that. But just never saw it as an option for me. I was like, in my 20s, I thought education's over. I didn't really enjoy school anyway. Didn't go to university. Um, So just sort of thought, well... It is what it is. I like doing it, but whatever. I'm doing YouTube and I'm doing this advice stuff on there. That's kind of enough. Um, And then I guess I started my own therapy journey, having a therapy and healing and working on myself and realised that I was a sponge and I'd taken all of this in and I was holding in all of this information, trying to get it out um, to the masses. But I think when it's to the masses, sometimes it can get watered down. Um, and it doesn't have the impact it has when you're with someone one-to-one and it's a safe space for just you and them to kind of talk and communicate. Um, so I was getting questions a lot on Instagram and YouTube and um, tweets like, how can I do this? How can I do this? You've done this. What does this mean? I need to see a counsellor, but I'm not sure how. And it's every day I get these messages and I was like, I think I need to get some sort of training and it also felt like a natural progression for me um and you know comments about periods and like should my vagina smell this way or um this happened to me as a kid and I was just like although I don't feel out of my depth at all with these kind of questions 
I do feel like I need to back myself up and have some sort of protection. Um, and also I love learning. I love learning and um, I love writing essays. I'm, I'm just weird. <laughs> I love writing, it's like writing a blog post. So it's, um, and I love being able to understand and process what happens to humans and I find it really interesting. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to train to be a counsellor. Had no idea how to do that, where to go. So obviously, Google. <laughs> um, so I found a open college course on um, counselling child sexual abuse survivors and thought, that sounds up my street because um, I've been healing sexual trauma. Um, and again, I find it very interesting. And I think that um, there needs to be more women of colour therapists and black therapists. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Paid for it, did it in literally six months. Um, less than that, probably about three months. I loved it, I found it very, very easy. Um, I knew a lot of the stuff that I was doing, so I thought, okay, I'm actually good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been sent off now, wait for my results to come back. And then I'm gonna do level three counseling course, and then I could take clients after that. Um, and I kind of wanna, in, I don't know, 20 years, probably before then, I want to have my own recovery program. So it will be uh, trauma-based, person-centered. It will also be humanistic, which is a very spiritual aspect of uh, treatment. And I kind of want to make my own recovery program for people. Um, Also be able to offer free sessions, discounted sessions, um, and working with women and children on healing. And I want to get a degree eventually, that's basically it. Sounds amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, honestly, it's been very easy and just great. It's brilliant. I feel like it's just what I'm meant to do. Mm. And I think I'm, it's nice because it's, I'm an, an example that you can sort of like do things in different order. Like I, I knew from 12 that I was not going to go to uni because I couldn't be asked. Um, but now I'm like, I want to go to university. And that's just, you know, that's just the way it is sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm very lucky that I can do all of my YouTube and blogging and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's going to pay for my education. So I'm honestly so happy. I think I also want to do like a few life coaching courses and different things. I've done an aromatherapy course and I want to do essential oils and some other random stuff. Astrology maybe. Mm. I just think there's there's something in the market that can bridge the gap between spirit and science Mm -hmm. um and i think people are spiritually hungry if i'm honest and that is where a lot of the issues are and i think there needs to be a therapeutic program that is gonna feed mind body and soul sounds amazing thank you amazing i'm very excited for this You've, you've mentioned about um yeah wanting to help women and girls to step into their power yeah why do you think we're not in our power, firstly? We've never been taught how to be. Mm. Um, self-love and self-care um, and how to be human is never taught uh, at home or in schools. And we expect children at 16 to leave school and be like, cool, now you're done. Now you have to love yourself. And it's like they have no foundation to do that. Um, and it is because of trauma. It is because of lack of education, lack of funding. Um, and also our generation, the generation above us was not empowered that much, didn't have the, um, the access to heal. So now obviously my generation and your generation, 
we are um, healing for like our mums and our grandmums and our ancestors. Um, and that is what stepping into your power is all about. Um, I'm recognising that you can be multifaceted. I think that we put labels on us a lot of the time. Um, and, you know, oh, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And actually, you can be that person, but you can also be that person over there as well. Um, and that's what it's about for me. Uh, and going on a journey and having the toolbox to do that. Um, and the toolbox for your mental health. Um, and to grow and become the person that you're meant to be before society told you who you were i think you, you mentioned um this term generational trauma which yeah. is as you say sort of healing mm-hmm. things from your your mom your grandma yeah. things come down the generations don't they and if yeah. you're going through this process of trying to heal yourself it almost it can feel as if like mm-hmm. i often feel like i'm healing my mom's stuff my granny yeah. my great granny i feel that a lot and it's can feel like quite a lot actually if it's a lot to to carry a lot of people don't talk about the physical effects of healing um and i never knew they were any until i was feeling them Mm. so when i first stopped about a year into treatment in 2016 i my body was just fucked and i was purging so i was like aches it was like i was going through growing pains aches and pains tiredness breaking out for no apparent reason my toenail fell off like just random stuff and i was never physically unwell ever um although i had a lot of thrush and vagina issues because of obviously trauma um and i was like there's definitely the effects of healing your body has to align to your new brain um, and your new soul um and your root chakra is at the base of your spine and that is i guess that you're grounding to life um but it's also where your trauma is held so for black people that's like generations of like slavery and things like that so where often when you're healing you will have a lot of lower back pain and um yeah your trauma is held in your lower back so i tell people like try and get massages on your lower back because you're gonna feel that um and yeah the physical effects are just incredible because we hold so much of our emotions in our body like mm-hmm. anyone with IBS will know that you know the stress can feel like a really physical yeah. thing and um thrush cystitis yeah, everything so many things yeah. can be linked to is related to feelings. something else mm-hmm. someone described it to me recently as being like um like your en- like your emotions are like energy in your body yeah. and if we don't feel it it just stays stuck, stuck. and that mm-hmm. could make you know cause those aches and pains headaches and, yeah um there's no way to release it so if you don't get things out of your body they stay there so sometimes getting things out is visualization meditation other ways it's like exercise swimming dancing like some days I have an urge just to shake mm. like pull Beyonce and just shake and just get it out um and like yeah breath work as well we don't breathe so women and men but women are obviously told to suck in your stomach all the time when you suck in you can't breathe properly True. because when you breathe properly your belly expands a lot and you look pregnant um so we're conditioned not to breathe properly and it isn't until you meditate that you realize that you never actually get breath in or out wow mm-hmm. that's so interesting isn't it yeah i did a visualization recently that was i was trying to get rid of pms and i imagined 
like all this like black stuff in my womb like going back into the earth yeah and that month my pms was loads better and now i started yeah. doing this practice of like visualizing that happening Amazing. and just imagining the earth is just taking it mm-hmm. so sorting your it womb out. is your second half and also your womb is your manifestation center okay so if you have issues with pms and um anger on your period is probably coming from somewhere else mm. and your womb like demands to be heard it's our wisdom Mm. so when mm. you so when you bleed you're allowing your wisdom to go into the world hence why when you have menopause spiritually that they're the most incredible women because they're holding in all their wisdom now wow <laughs> i am loving this i'm mm. loving i'm so fascinated i'm reading i just i read wild power have you read mm, that no. and i'm reading um period by Maisie hill which yeah. is all about living in accordance with your cycle yeah the, the spring, the summer, the autumn, and the winter. Have you heard yeah. of that way of describing yeah. it? Yeah. If you read, I think you should probably read Red Moon. Okay, I'll add that. So Red Moon to my is list. like the, I would say like the number one book about your cycle. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll get it. I'll get that right away. It's the best book ever. Yeah. Change your life. Yeah. Because it's like again one of those things that we just don't we've never been taught about. Never, never been, been taught. taught. I think a lot of people. Um, they want evidence for everything and they want it to be written down in a book somewhere or they uh, have to always see things whereas I think you feel it so what you feel is right and your intuition because some of the most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen with the naked with your two eyes um, and that's that's the problem we like schools are and I think it's just like our parents as well there's a lot of um, conspiracies and they they don't really believe in certain things because it's not there it's not concrete it's not proven Mm. whereas i just don't i just think that there's so much magic in the world if you let things be magical and view them as magic women are cyclic beings like that's absolute fact we have cycles so of course we're gonna be powerful and like this divine feminine energy and be connected to the moon like why why not? It doesn't make sense not to. Where some people are the opposite and think, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but it's you're teaching women and children that we're, that we're magical. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And often with kind of health things or psychological things, the kind of the mainstream isn't offering solutions. So you do mm-hmm. often, well, one does, often go looking for other solutions and, mm-hmm. and go down a more spiritual path or a holistic path or something. Yeah. And actually, you can find solutions there quite often where yeah. maybe having CBT and taking antidepressants isn't going to be the solution for you. Yeah, um, I think it's, it's about the... Th- people want quick fixes. If you look at uh, healing or you look at weight loss or you look at fixing your skin or whatever, people want the thing that's going to make them better in a week or a month. Whereas the more holistic approach is usually months, if not years. And that's the issue. People want to be better now. Whereas, so I um, had like really bad wound problems and I was bleeding all for like a year straight. Wow. Um, and my doctor was like, this is definitely something. We're not sure what. And I was like, it's my trauma. This started when I started mentioning my sexual trauma. It's the pain leaving my body through my womb. It's blood. That's that. He's like, I'm not sure that's a thing. I was like, <laughs> it's a fucking thing, okay? Um, and I was like, I'm not taking any yeah. medication. They were like, go on the coil. I said, the, ish- the issue is, I came off the pill 
ass that are bleeding non-stop it's obviously these hormones these things in my body they don't want to be there so i'm not going on the coil i'm gonna do meditation i'm gonna work with crystals and oils and on different baths and i'm gonna heal my own womb and he was like no you're not what happened i heal my own womb and it took it took me two years to do it but i was persistent and i just knew our bodies know what they're doing and we've been taught not to believe them and to believe outside people and noise over our own intuition i just knew my body will figure things out my body can have a baby my body can do these amazing things my body can bleed my body cannot bleed um it's a self-cleaning vagina like my body's incredible i trust that it will figure it out and it did and i think when we, when we are in a in a kind of a a calmer state we enable our natural capacity to heal yeah and it and it does mean sometimes taking care of ourselves more so that we can be a bit calmer and then that natural ability mm-hmm. to heal comes through yeah it's stress like stress i think is like the number one killer mm-hmm. it stress mm-hmm. is the one thing that everyone struggles with people die from and no one talks about it yeah um and i notice in myself i cry more i'm angry more my food is awful um my self-care is rubbish when i'm stressed it just everything in life is shit when i'm stressed and it's about coming back home to yourself and just like balancing and just taking even if it's half an hour every night to like come home and like but it's mad because people are like i haven't got time and it's like half an hour half an hour that's like less than two percent of your day or one percent of your daily hours like just take that time just to sit and be and breathe and you just feel so much better but um yeah it's giving yourself permission to do that isn't it mm. and i can say it's not really about not having time it's about not making it a priority because yeah. if you you know we find the time for the things that are important to us mm-hmm. or if i like say watching the, binge watching tv yeah <laughs> watching love island for yeah. an hour a day <laughs> so true yeah okay amazing what's the best advice you've ever been given oh my oh my god i get given a lot of good advice i'm not gonna lie to you yeah um but the first thing that came to my head was this is very on topic what we're talking about i went to um a yoga class in february 2018 and i had bv and thrush okay so everyone knows if what BV is. It's that fish smell. I was not in a good place. And I knew that it was trauma. I knew that my body just was not happy. And I said to the yoga teacher, I was like, I'm really suffering with vagina problems. Do you have any advice? And she went, just breathe. And I was like, what does that even mean? Because at the time, was it 2017? I can't remember. But at the time I was like, what the fuck? What kind of advice is that? <laughs> So I went home and I was like, okay, I'm just going to breathe. So then I googled vagina meditations and then I started doing meditations and imagining a white bright light in my vagina and stuff and releasing the pain. And I would say within a month I had, I used to get thrush every month and then since then I've not had thrush. I think I've had thrush once in two and a half years. Amazing. And I was like, oh my God, breathing. Just breathe. Just breathe. Just time, breathe. Like, this is fucking shit advice. But now I'm like, that's the best <laughs> advice I ever got. That's brilliant. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, coming back to the visualization thing. Because I, I practice something called qigong, okay. which is basically like 
um, Tai Chi, but it's mm. like the more ancient version. It's about 5,000 years old, whereas Tai Chi, I think, is only about 1,000 years old. Oh, yeah. And you basically just make some hand movements with your arms. Yeah. I can't, I can't obviously show people listening, but <laughs> you, you sort of make some very gentle hand movements and you're moving energy like into your body. Mm. And it has really helped my immune system. Like I don't get sick, now I do it. And Love loads it. of things just feel better. And it is like a visualization essentially. Mm. So it is powerful, I'm never stuff. unwell. I get headaches quite a lot. Um, and I think that's my third eye opening. Mm. Um, and I put an ice cream in my third eye and that helps. But I do think that it's down to what you believe. So like, I just believe that I'm not gonna get sick and I'm gonna live a very long life. I'm never, I'm mm. never unwell. Mm, mm. Um, there's a book that I recommend called Heal Your Body by Louise Hay. Ah. Anyone wants to find out the soul and spiritual um, aspects of their physical symptoms. It has everything in there. So definitely check out that book. How, is that How to Heal Your Body? Heal Louise Your Hay. Body Heal Louise Your Body. Hay. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. I love a good book recommendation. So that and Red Moon as well. Yeah. Definitely have a look. What's next for you? What are you working on at the moment? A new columnist, a mental health columnist for a magazine. <gasps> that's very exciting. So that's going to be announced soon with a very exciting article. Um, so that's what's next for me. An ambassador for a new brand that hasn't been announced yet. So that's also next. Uh, training to be a counsellor is next. And also, I want to have a baby. That is like what I want to do next. Mm. The next few years, mm. I want to start a family. Um, I just, I think, I just think becoming a mum for me is like it. Mm. Like mm. I've always had a career, so although I'm very happy and proud of what I've achieved, I think for me, like having a family is like the thing. So definitely wanna, yeah, start a family. And to be honest, I've made no solid plans. I'm just writing down what I want to do on my vision board. Um thinking about things that I would like to do, travel, go to Bali, etc., etc., um, live in New York for like three months or move to LA for a month or whatever. And then if it's meant for me, the universe will, will give it to me. So that's it. Beautiful. Yeah. What's next is whatever's next. Yeah, great yeah. attitude. And where can people find out more about you? So you? I'm pretty much Grace F Victory on everything. So Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Um, my website is gracyfrancesca.com and on there you can find outfits along with think pieces and mental health and healing content and that's it oh and the sister space podcast on spotify brilliant thank you so much for speaking to me i've loved this conversation thanks for having me thank you so much for listening to this episode i really hope you've enjoyed it come and let me know over on instagram at chloe brotheridge what you thought and what you're taking away from this episode and please do subscribe in the podcast app or on itunes and make sure you leave a rating and please do leave me a review if you've enjoyed this episode don't forget you can sign up to join my free five-day confidence challenge i'm also going to be including within that a powerful workshop and a group hypnotherapy session so you can find all the details for that at karmayou.com forward slash confidence so thank you so much for listening. I'm sending you loads of love and hoping you have a brilliant week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.